All right. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Yes, welcome. Yes. Welcome to episode 14. <laughs> Next stop is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We got Coach B in the streets, y'all. Coach B is riding the D train. You heard that, boys? The two train. The two train. train. Jackson <laughs> Avenue. Jackson. Something. We are mobile. <laughs> we everywhere. <laughs> but now, nah, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of of STK Surviving the Knicks. We got the gang minus one tonight. Um, we're missing Wall Street, but Wall Street's got got stuff to do. But we got the gang here. We got we got Ed Dollars in the building. What's going on, Ed? What's up, guys? Right, right. It's COVID out there. It's COVID out there. You don't oh, even say man. it's cold anymore. You say it's COVID out there. <laughs> oh man. You know and representing representing the, the, the everyday working man. Everything yeah. up everything up yeah. It's basketball season. Late, late practice, you know. <laughs> had to chop it up a little bit because we go. My team is doing well, but you know how to Look out oh, for the other coaches too. So, all right, Coach B's in the run. building. Dedication, dedication. We appreciate you, Coach. We know you in the street. Yes. We, we outside right now. We outside. Um, That's a fact. Two two things before we get into the show tonight. Um, I want to apologize for my disrespect on IG when Phoenix played the Knicks a couple weeks ago. Um, one of my rants went a little low key viral, and I didn't mean for that. I apologize, <laughs> <laughs> but but I do want to say that Clearview Daniel and Wall Street had preempted that. So you know, I was trying to keep it very civil, and they started getting very disrespectful, and I couldn't have that. I had to defend myself. <laughs> so you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, you know, and number two, you know. I'm I'm gonna channel my inner Wall Street head. Make it happen. Oh shit! It's it's gonna take a lot of whiskey <laughs> and a lot of and a lot of OB topping. Okay, <laughs> so we gonna get it. OB at the three. <laughs> OB at the three. Jesus, okay. that's not how I wanted to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But here we go. All right, so tonight the Knicks suffered suffered a. You know, up and down. It's been up and down. And, and they More down I don't know up. what's gonna boys. Yeah. They lost tonight to Indiana. Um by 20. By 20. You know, a it, team, a team that just yesterday was going is a fire sale. They're listed as a fire <laughs> yeah, sale. Yeah. So if you if you got a couple of dollars and some draft picks, you could get a player. <laughs> yeah. Basically. We lost to that team by 20 points. Um Julius Randle had the high of 18. But he was a negative 22. The whole starting lineup, as usual, was in the negative, uh, led by R.J. Barrett, who was a minus 25. Jesus. Um, the only pluses that you had tonight was Jericho Sims at a plus five. Uh, Kevin Knox as a plus five, even though he didn't Free score Kevin any Knox. points. He didn't Basically, score the last points. four minutes, they had all the scrubs on the, on the floor, <laughs> and they scored a couple points. Yeah, I mean it was it, it was a bad night. It was a bad night. Um, shout out to the Indiana Pacers. Sabonis had twenty one. 
11 rebounds. Uh, Chris Duarte representing for the Dominican Republic, man. He's in, he's, he's in the running right now for rookie for rookie of the year, believe it or not. Yeah, he's in the running. He's like, he's top three. Yeah, he's top three in the league. I mean, the kid is playing lights out. Yeah, we should have dropped him. We should have. We should have. No, no, no. Seriously, we should have, like, uh, uh, he was one of the guys we were kind of aiming for with the 18th or 17th pick. We had the, what, the 20s? We -hmm. should have combined those picks and got him. They wanted him. He's good, man. He's a little older. He's in your OB, OB, like, Age range. He definitely faked his birth He definitely because <laughs> you know, even Ed. Ed says he's forty, but he's really like sixty. So, you know? Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, trying, I mean, I'm about to retire. <laughs> but no, I mean it's 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 the, a tale of two games. You know, last night they they did wonderful against the Spurs, and then tonight they just pulled up. They pulled up whack on the road in Indiana. Ed, what were your thoughts on tonight? You know, it's hard to really focus on tonight when Mm. we haven't talked in a couple weeks and, you know, my necks are broken. You know, my necks are broken. The bottom line is, you know, we have high expectations. Our expectations that were that they were going to win, what, 46, 47. Some people said a 50 burger. I I said 50. You know, I did. some people (laughs) thought that they would be like fourth, third, seed in the east right now we're sitting at number 12 we're right now we're out of the play on play-in game the east is stronger no one saw chicago right although i saw Alonzo <laughs> ball you know the mar the rosen is is an mvp candidate um atlanta's still kind of like you know they're not up there but we know that they're gonna be up there philly's still kind of lingering mm-hmm. but honestly the knicks are straight up broken and i think that last year gave us false expectations of what we have as a team, as a unit, as a coach, as a strategy, as an organization. And now, you know, we got some big, huge problems. We're a muddling team. You know what I'm saying? We're like, you know, we're basically a 50, like a a 50-50 team. We either win or we we lose. Yesterday we won. Today we lost. You know, yesterday we're up by 15, 16 points. Today we lose by 22 points. You know, we had our starters in yesterday when they, the team had their starters out with the last with a minute left and we were up by 15. Guess what? We were playing a back to back instead of resting those guys for today. Those guys had dead legs. <laughs> Whose fault is that? I got to say it's the organization's fault because they got their trust in Tibbs and Tibbs doesn't care. Right. Tibbs just thinks that <laughs> you play five, six guys and you roll it just like that. Just like we were in fourth, fifth grade, middle school, you know. Um, I'm really disappointed and, you know, Julius Randle, uh, I think he, I, I never, you know, you, you, people use the word contract year. Oh, he's playing in his contract year and Julius played in his contract year. He had his best year ever in his contract year and got the contract. Thank God he didn't get the contract that he really, really wanted, which was like $180 million if he would have waited this year. If he would have waited this year, he'd be not playing right now. You know what I'm saying? He got a reasonable contract, and I don't I don't mind it. He's still our best yeah. player. But we realized that him and Kemba can't, coincide, uh, can't coincide, uh, exist. 
The reason why they cannot play together is because Tibbs is not offensively stra- savvy. He doesn't have any offensive strategy. And therefore, you got to build the, the whole team around one of those guys. Kemba's always had the ball in his hands. Kemba can't function off the ball. Julius with the Knicks, not with any other team, but with the Knicks, always had the ball in his hands. And he can't function playing off the ball. And it disrupts his whole rhythm. And that's why he's not playing as good. Last year, he had a 40% three-point percentage. This year, he has a 32% three-point percentage. That's a huge variance. That's that's such a big difference. And it, and it probably contributed to like an additional seven to eight points to his average. And it also contributed to like the spacing on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Yep. This year, we got Fournier, who, who in all intents and purposes should be a, a good player, but he's up and down, you know? Yeah. Uh, Barrett has regressed. You know what I'm saying? He played well yesterday. Thank God. He yeah. scored a career, like a, a season high seven for eight on three point shots. He, he scored 32 points. It was great today. He was okay. He was good, but he was a negative 21 in the, in the yeah. score in, in, on the box score. Yeah. I mean, it, now it's, it's almost like I'm almost questioning whether RJ can play with Randall, you know what I'm saying? And then you got my man, Obi. Obi is honestly i love watching obi when he's in there i'm waiting for something dramatic to happen he's getting like today he got 20 minutes but usually he averages like nine ten minutes because tibbs must must play randall 38 37 minutes <laughs> so you know I'm, I'm questioning whether the knicks can make the playoffs and that's where i'm at as a Knicks fan within the first you know 25 games of the season and they look, they're looking bad, man. Yeah. You know, you got, you got, you got Tibbs like canceling Kemba and promoting Burks. Burks is not a natural point guard. You know what I'm saying? I think that might've been a mistake. Definitely. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm broken guys. I'm surviving the Knicks. <laughs> He's surviving. Coach, you, coach, you ready to go or you need some time? Can't hear your mic is off, brother. I am fired up. All right. All right. Yeah. We didn't put All the right. on Ed because let's, let's roll. Completed. You're off the let's train roll. already. You're back. Yeah, yeah. Man, <laughs> mobile. We're let's mobile, go. baby. That's right. Go ahead, Coach. Let let go. Man, uh, I want to piggyback off of what Ed said about the last few games, but um, uh, I'll get to that a little later. Just um, off today's game, I didn't get to see it, but looking at the stats, more of the same. And I think the big um issue for me, especially coming off of last game, no Northerners, no well. All right, Noel starts. Uh, he brings a different kind of energy. He helps Julius Randle be more of himself and um, is a natural fit next to um, Randle. And now I'm um, looking to more like a better fit with RJ as well because RJ, you know, went off last night. Today, uh, hold on, Coach. Did you see the game yesterday when he actually started? Because I saw it. <laughs> and Nolan's Noel is terrible on offense. He can't That's catch. Okay. That's what you can't need. catch, man. That's that, that that it still doesn't hurt us. All right. So and Mitch had a better game off the bench. So like, yeah, you got to take what you can get. You want Taj Gibson to start? This is what happened when Taj Gibson starts. <laughs> but, you know, now, you know, we got a team that's just as bad as bad as we look because we're not as bad on paper, but a team just as bad as we look, you know, beat us by 20. And um, 
it's very like it's disturbing, man. Like it's not it's not fun to watch, especially with Kimba being on the bench not getting any playing time. Yes, that is Tibbs' fault, you know, as far as um lineups are concerned. But overall, I just believe that the team needs more time to gel. You know, like you're not gonna get it all together in a day. And um, I put this in the group chat. Like, had these guys been come coming off the bench instead of having all these high expectations because it's New York and fans set the bar so high. It would have been a smoother yeah. transition because Evan Fournier is a great fit. You know, he just needs more room and more opportunity. As far as RJ, you know, taking that Reggie Bullock spot and being the, being the best defender, it hurts his game a lot. You know, yesterday um, he just he was able to get open. He got open looks, and that's what we need. But again, it takes the right glue guy. It takes the right guy saying, you know, I'm not gonna take any shots away from you. I'm gonna find you first. Because Reggie and Nerlens Noel didn't um, want to take that many shots. They always passed the ball to Julius first. And that was a, a big, big part of how we gained our success. And Julius was able to be so confident because, you know, he knew the ball was getting back to him. But Kimba starting now in Evan Fournier in game one and, you know, um, early on in the season, they were taking a lot of shots that Julius was used to getting. So now it's like, all right, since they're hunting for theirs, I got to get mine more. And he's already a tunnel vision kind of player. So, like, yeah, it's really disgusting to watch. But, um... I think we're at 500 still. So. No, we're below 500. A game under. So, like, you know, yeah. give, give, or, give or take, you know, we should be good in the next one. And, yeah, I'm not I'm, – I can't blame Tibbs anymore, you know. I'm not going to blame Julius Randle anymore. It's, it's up to the other guys to figure it out because, obviously, Julius will be the guy for the next couple of years until they figure out how to get Obi more minutes. And then, um, yeah, our, or we trade Julius. I'm not doing no hypotheticals tonight. I don't care. He's here. So Derek Rose and quickly got to keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> I, just, I just, I just, my problem is that when you got a, we drafted this guy, number seven in OB right now, I looked at his stats. He's like his player, his PER is at is higher than is the highest in the team It's 19.5. And he only plays like 12 minutes. Imagine if you paid, played, 27 minutes, 26 minutes. Obviously, the PR. Um, I feel like Julius is miscasted, man. You know, we're not winning a championship with Julius, but maybe Philadelphia could win a championship with Julius. Maybe we should have stuck to the plan with, like, riding the young guys last year. And I think we overreached to a point where we altered the plan, and then we got Tibbs, who never wanted the young young plan. He wanted uh, to beat the, these guys to death. We got a little lucky. Because of COVID and everything, and that we got lucky in getting that fourth, fourth, fourth seed. But what happens this year when we don't make the playoffs? Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you a question. All the young guys play and we don't win. Then what? At least we got a plan, man. At least we're developing guys. At least we're making all-stars versus having false expectations and being a middling team, maybe not making a play. What happens this year if we don't make the playoffs? Like, what's the point? Why do we why do we sign uh, Julius? Why do we uh, resign Burks? Why do we get Fournier if if we don't make the playoffs this year? If we don't make the playoffs this year, then we made up. We were the worst team in the league from an expectation perspective. We were the fourth seed in our in in our division last year. Why do we pay Noel ten million when we had Mitch and then we signed then we drafted uh, Jericho? I mean. This team and Tibbs values defense to the point that they value the center position so much 
Everybody knows that. And that's why they're bringing out their bigs all the way to the three-point line. We're not even guarding those guys. And those guys are torturing us. And now there's rumors of us getting uh, Turner. We're going to get another big. We're going to get another big. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to trade Obi for Turner. And they're going to think, oh, that's a great, great, a great plan. And watch Obi be a superstar in front of our eyes. And watch us maybe make the seventh seed with Turner. I think the I think the plan is messed up. And I think that um, I think a heavy change has to be made. You know, Washington right now is better than us. So Beal is not going to go to the Knicks. You know, Dame is suffering. Oh, Dame. Portland is having a big issue. Uh, McCullough had a collapsed lung. Their general manager got basically fired for, you know, office politics. And Dame isn't playing up to Dame's, Dame's status. So obviously something's going to happen. Trades are going to occur. This would be the perfect time to to try to bounce on him. But really, like if we got Dame on our team with Tibbs as a coach, where are we going? We're not going nowhere. We're still not going nowhere. I don't, I, I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. And if that's the case, the plan has to be revised. Yep. So in the spirit of Wall Street, heck, <laughs> I got Obi up. Obi at the three. At the no. three, at the three. No. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> but honestly speaking, I watched the highlights of the game. I was trying to, like, watch the game and, and play 2K22. Um, but 2K22 won out because the game just was horrible. Um, and I'm seeing regression. I'm, I'm seeing uh, a kind – I'm, I'm seeing – in their eyes like they're lost like they're they're trying to figure it out and one of the things that we are forgetting is that this is still a young team and we're being led by a young guy we, you know Julius Randle is young still in his own right so he doesn't he's just he's just while they all won together they were still trying to figure it out and it's still part of the process now at this point number one the obvious the obvious Flaws are there. Number one, you got a, a, a dinosaur of a coach, okay? And we all knew this coming into the season, even last season. We complained about the same things. It's the same things now. We got a coach that is a great – he's great as an assistant coach. Maybe. <laughs> but as a head coach, he lacks the intuitiveness – to be creative on offense and to fit players in their right, in, in the right play, in the right positions to succeed. Not talking about position wise on the floor, but putting, knowing that Evan Fournier is just a shooter, set him up in the right positions to be, to be, to free him up for shots. And Kemba knowing that he needs the ball in his hand more, putting the position, putting him in a position to be a better player. He's not that guy. He's got. He's the guy that's gonna run the horses until they die, as he did the Derrick Rose in Chicago, and you know, and what he's trying to do now to Julius. It just it's very apparent to me that what I'm seeing is a guy, and this is and even seeing them live, it was kind of disheartening because I'm watching them and I'm and you know being at the Garden and I'm like, man, you know, it's great to be back here. It's been a minute since I was back because of COVID. But I'm watching the game, and I'm just like, yo, they don't look in sync. No pun intended. Like they look very, like they're like they're trying to figure it out, 
and in the midst of trying to figure it out, everybody's just going for theirs. You know, quickly ends up going for his. You know, Obi when he plays, and mind you, he's another one. You got you got a guy with if you got five stars, he's got four star level athleticism, maybe five. You know what I'm saying? But we don't see enough of him, so you're kind of on the cuff of thinking four, maybe five. But the kid can. You gotta, you gotta get him in more pick and roll schemes. You gotta get IQ. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, you got a tandem there. And this is, this is why in our, in our personal conversations, I'm one of the guys lobbying to trade Julius because you know what? If they're not winning now, and you got this guy here in the way, he's kind of like their roadblock. He's kind of in the way of progression. If he can't get, if if we can't win with him. Then let these guys lose and, and and bump their heads and figure it out. But you you got to kind of push RJ into that spot. You know what I'm saying? Where he's got where he's the number one guy. And yep. you got to listen. You, you guys, it's not a bad team to lose with if you got RJ, Obi, and IQ. It's not a bad three to to run with. I'm telling you, man. It, I know, Coach, you kind of like yeah, – I know you don't want to trade him because there's loyalty involved, and I get that. Uh, not but, even that. What is it? All right, now, right, same old story every day, yo. Tibbs is a bad coach. <laughs> he does this, does that. Like, yeah. now, for everybody else, like, let's look at the positive, right? We got mm-hmm. Derrick Rose, who leads that unit, you know. So how do we maximize his, you know, his ability? You know, how, like, how do we split the minutes between the starters – and the bench guys where it does lead to winning situations. And more importantly, like, how do we hide Julius? You know, because trade, trading him is not, you know, I guess a thing at the moment. Uh, his value is still a little low. So now it's up for the players, you know, Tibbs and the organization to figure out what's the maximum amount of minutes we want to give him where he's still mm-hmm. effective and he's not um, take Because he's really not taking any accountability for the losses. Like, what kind no. of star player, you know, does not yeah. take accountability saying, I got to do better, I got to do something different. No, it's, mm-hmm. he likes to point the finger more so. So it's like, how do we make him look more marketable? That way, you know, his value can go back up because his value's down. And it's like, we got a guy like Derrick Rose now who we should be, you know, opening the floor for, like, okay, what's the best for you? And obviously, he can make anything work because he's done. You know what the best for Derrick Rose is? No, 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 the best no, no, thing for Derrick Rose is to trade him to a contender, man, because... Don't do that. No, no joke. No joke. No joke. He's not going to win it. He's not going to win here. Like, Derrick Rose should be on the Lakers or the Bucks. He should be in a position to win a championship. And he's our best player. He's our best player coming off the bench in a situation where his uh, 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 a forward is bringing up the ball... And that forward is a third option on a championship team. Our best player is a third option on a championship team. And we have to revolve our entire offense around that third player, that player to bring out the best. And what are we basing? What are we basing him as the best player? Because honestly, right now, he's the best best player. He's the best player. Rebounds, assists, all that. He's the best player. I haven't seen it, man. He looks more of a detriment than anything. Who's our best player? Derrick Rose? That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's that's the search right now. And that's and that's the issue. What probably one of the main issues with the Knicks is that there's no go-to guy right now. Our 33-year-old backup 
point guard is our best player? No, I don't think that either. Until, I don't think that either. But, the, but, that. It, but it's hard to men- it's hard to say who's the best player right now. Because, you know, he, he's going six for 18, seven for 19, yep. five for 12. That's not the best player stats. You know what I'm saying? Tibbs I mean, said he's willing to try anything, and now, you know, it's time to roll the dice. Like, if he's going to put Julius on the bench, now's the time to do something. He would never do that. He's not. <laughs> he said never gonna do that. he's going to try anything. All right? No one's fine is safe. <laughs> what he really should do is have a rest day and start Kobe and see what happens. But um, I, Tibbs is tying himself to Julius. Julius is a workhorse. He works hard. You know, he does all the right things. He's a work. He's a hardworking guy. But you don't revolve around. We were just talking about this before the, the pod. You don't. What team revolves around their power forward? Giannis. But he's a top five player. He's a top two player in the NBA. Yeah, and he has the handles and everything else to go with that. What other what other forward carries that? I don't know. And by the way, our YouTube audience, our YouTube audience is very anonymous in trading Julius. Uh, I mean, at one point, they're literally saying he is. Canal said, shout out to Canal and, and big task ahead for, for joining us tonight. But Canal's like, Julius is what he is. And, you know, big task ahead was like, it could, you know, could be Obi. He was six for nine tonight. Just saying. Oh, they're going to trade Obi. But like, let's, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk strategically. Let's talk strategically real quick. Right. Big picture. If the Knicks don't make the playoffs, what's the viewpoint around the league against the Knicks? Like, how is the league going to view the Knicks if we don't make the playoffs? Right. But they're going to be like, oh, same old Knicks. Bad organization, right? So what are we really doing to ourselves? You know what I'm saying? And maybe talking about this when the team is 12 and 13, the problem is that it's not like last year. There's a lot of teams in the East that are 14 and 8, you know, 13 and 9. They're climbing the charts and being below 500 at this point. Sure, we could climb out of that. But there's going to be a lot of teams that are 500. So we needed to have a strong position in the league this year. Maybe not like, you know, maybe six, seven seed, but like something positive. If we don't make the playoffs, that's a giant step backwards. And we're going to be viewed in a negative light. We're going to be viewed as, oh, I guess they messed up on RJ. Oh, uh, Julius contract year regression. They don't even have a point guard. They they messed up on Kemba. Fournier, what a bust. Mitch, he got fat. Noel threw <laughs> too much money at him. You know what I'm saying? I guess our I guess their best player was Alfred Payton last year. It's it's gonna be a bad look. So what what's gonna happen based on Alfred, what's happening? Alfred Payton is doing great trade. on Phoenix, by the way. What? <laughs> Alfred Payton's doing great on Phoenix, by the way. Mute <laughs> yourself, mute yourself, man. I, listen, I, can, can, can we can we also look at the fact that maybe the Knicks have been scouted enough and everyone knows what they're going to roll out. I mean, we got to look at this from the standpoint too, like, okay, guys did get a little better, but the offense is still, they're running the same thing. And in a league where they're shooting more threes, to be fair, they're shooting more threes, but it's not helping. It's actually taken away from their, it's taken away from their identity. If anything, I mean, the idea, they had the right mind, mind frame, 
and and trying to build on the identity but in fact in anything they went away from what their bread and butter was which was defense and hard-nosed plays and now it's not they're looking lost they're looking lost like dudes are just I don't know. It, it, it's it's not a good product well, they're, right now. Well, they're tuning Tibbs out because all Tib preaches is maximum effort. It's maximum <laughs> effort. You gotta give maximum. You know these guys are professionals making like thirty million dollars. You gotta be better than that. It's not just about maximum effort. It's also about you know putting your position, strategy, like attacking, like you know doing other things. It's not just about maximum effort. <laughs> and, you know, he, he actually threw RJ under the bus. He was like, well, you know, RJ was sick for a couple of days and he was, you know, he's been, his stats have been terrible. And Tibbs uh, a couple of interviews ago was like, you know, you got to get back in the gym. You may, maybe he's not working hard enough in the gym. And that's, the, and he didn't say exactly like that, but that's what people came off thinking mm. that he was kind of shouting out RJ and back to, you know, an old school coach guys don't like that. And you, you could deal with that one year when you're not, you don't have a contract, but once you get your contract, you, you can't deal with that. One of my buddies from town is an NBA agent and, you know, one of his players is on the Knicks and he, and one of his other players is on the Bucks and, you know, he's, he has a bunch of players. He told me, and his firm represents Kemba. He told me that there's a lot of issues with Julius, like some of the other players on the team are like, yo, we're revolving way too much around Julius. And it shouldn't be that way. And that's himself. what the core issue is between Kemba and Julius. They don't personally have beef, but they have a playing beef. The they're, philosophical they're beef. Exactly. It's a philosophical beef. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, the, the ball should be in Kemba's hands more. You needed a you needed a guy, you needed a guy to bring the ball up and create offense and create points. And that's what Kemba does. All right. I see. He has the ability to do that. Am I wrong, Coach? Uh, so I, 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 I mean, he hasn't been able to do it this year because you know why? Because when I'm at the game, when I was at the game and seeing it on TV is one thing, but I'm at the game and you got the fans talking about why is Julius bringing the ball up? Why is he bringing the ball up? Why? And it's like, and I'm you know, and I'm just sitting there like, why is he bringing the ball up? Like, like I'm just sitting there like. You could have anybody, but you could have RJ bring the ball up. Like, you know what I'm saying? And all he does, he brings the ball up. He plods the ball up. <laughs> he passes the one ball, then runs into the, runs into the lane, requests the ball back. You got like, yo, that's half your shot clock right there. Even, even from like, you know how much energy you exhaust by bringing up the ball and you're playing 36 minutes? No reason. No reason. Yeah. It's just strategically, you know, and the other thing that bothers me a lot is, hey, listen, I was a big Kemba proponent. I'm still kind of a Kemba proponent. I think he'll be, I, I think on the right team, he'll do fantastic. But then the Knicks knew what, what his size was. Mm-hmm. The Knicks knew that his defense was kind of whack. And the Knicks knew that he was coming off of knee things and, and, you know, they have to adjust. They paid him accordingly. Eight million bucks is still a pretty good price tag for him. Yep. But to not even try to have him in the starting lineup and then saying, you know what, we're just going to remove him from the rotation entirely. That's ridiculous to me. You know, we all work in corporate America. We all have regular jobs and, and, and coach, you work in the school system. Imagine if your principal is like, Hey, you know, uh, the math teacher is not really performing up the stuff. We're just not going to, she's not going to teach anymore. She's going to come to work and not teach anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like no one handles issues like that. 
We're bringing in the Please. lunch lady. Please. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's actually frustrating. And listen, before the season started, I was a big, you know, Tibbs should be, was worthy of the coach of the year and the Knicks are high expectations. I'm, an, I'm a New York guy. I, you know, they were the fourth seed last year. They got two shiny products. We got better offensively. Third year, RJ, you know, uh, contract year, Mitch. I'm thinking, you know, we're going to be good. What's happening now is like today's game, people didn't care. Like we're watching a game and they're spent, but they also played yesterday. Okay. So you got to know that Tibbs, you got to change things up. You can't like ride your starters until they're gassed. And now you expect them to be, you know, maximum effort today. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. No, definitely. I don't know. I think, I think we're kind of, we've, we've already kind of transitioned into the, the next, the next segment in terms of, you know, so we're obviously we see the flaws, right? What outside of coaching, right? Because obviously the Knicks aren't going to fire Tibbs at this time. Three. They're not trading Julius. They're not, you know, obviously with the people that they have here and big task at hand says, says he wanted to trade Reggie Jack. He wanted, he wanted Reggie Jackson instead of Kemba Walker. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if that player. would have been better. Yeah, it's kind of player. you know, I think Reggie Jackson can play off the ball a little bit more, but it is what it is. Hell no. Has healthier knees. Has healthier He's knees. He's younger. He's a little but, younger. You know, but but needless to say, what what can the Knicks do at this point? You know, obviously, if, in the, in the spirit of Wall Street, you gotta play. You gotta play Obi more. You gotta play Obi more. Whether it's at the three, oh, whether geez. it's at the two, whether it's at the five. Wait, have Obi bring up the ball. <laughs> he's got to play more. The guy has a spark plug. I mean, again, he there's times where he only plays like seven minutes, but you remember his seven minutes because he either, he jumped up so high and caught a dunk or, or missed a dunk. And you're like, everybody's asking, why isn't Obi playing more? Why isn't he? You know what I'm saying? Like, Tibbs, listen, he already – Knox is cooked in New York. Knox, he's cooked. You, he's cooked. Like, Kevin Knox. Free, yeah, free, like, he's cooked. Not, Knox is cooked in New York. It is what it is. But, you know, are, are we going to sit here and allow this, this dictator, this tyrant, to do the same thing to this young talent? Even And even IQ suffers from that. Like, how do you get a shooter to get in rhythm and he's only playing 12, 14 minutes? It's crazy. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's like, dude. How, how do you sit uh, Kimba <laughs> and take him out of rotation and you put a non-point guard as the a point non-point guard? non-point guard. Instead of, you know, promoting <laughs> another point guard on your bench. Because. He looks clueless. Because him and Julius Randle have a good relationship. But he looks clueless right now. He looks like he has no answers. And that's another thing. That's definitely not attracting. That's not attractive to free agents. That's not attractive no. to guys. Tibbs is not, I would not want to play. <laughs> I, I, I'm a superstar. I'm not playing for Tibbs. Why the fuck would I want to play for Tibbs? <laughs> right? Like, why would you want to play Straight maximum up. effort? I don't want to kill myself. 38 minutes. I don't want to. Players only meeting. Players only meeting. And hopefully someone lets Julius know that 
the situation is different. He's not that guy anymore, you know. You're but the players' only meeting is going to be Julius saying, "We got to give more maximum effort." He's an extension <laughs> too. They got to beat him up and tell him, "Yo, you give a fall in line, or we not going to pass you the ball? Like, get your own rebounds." <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> how much better it is when they play around him. Like, so, so heck, you mentioned they're not trading Julius. Not, right? At this point, you know they're not going to trade Julius, and they're not. And they're going to make. They're going to make a rash. They're going to make a panic trade. You know, again, they may do the Turner thing. And they may trade OB for Turner, right? It's horrible. And, but then oh, again, you know, honestly, and then we'll have coach. Noel, Mitch, and Turner, and Jericho <laughs> Sims on 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 the fucking bench. And you have you have you have I a think, coach I that think doesn't Tim know what gets to fired do before that happens. You think yeah, Tibbs will get fired the year the second year after he won Coach of the Year? I think Tibbs gets fired. I think it, it's happened. It's before happened. Before traded, I think Tibbs gets fired. Yeah. I, I gotta cross your fingers on that one. Or, or, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just maybe somebody else gets traded, not Obi. The energy every time he every time he catches a dunk is just too different. Obi and Quick are safe. Everyone yeah. else, unfortunately, maybe not so much. Coach, you didn't answer my question earlier. <laughs> if the Knicks don't make the playoffs, what do people think about the Knicks? The Knicks gonna nick. They've been doing the same thing for too long, man. That's it. Like, and as a fan, you know, like. Get the fake fans off the bandwagon. I don't care. Get the rest of the soft ass league to not want to be involved. Like I don't care. Like I'm gonna sit through it. You know, I'm not gonna watch as much, but you know, I'll be here in spirit and I show up every Wednesday. You know, to talk, talk my talk and wait for Kevin Knox to get more minutes and all of that. No, he, um, he'll be but, on a better team. Yo, <laughs> it's, it's a success about like. What we have now is that even though Nolan's Noel can't catch, he he like he helps. You know, he makes the game look better for us. And then um trying to replace Reggie Bullock was not as easy as it looked, but it's a work in progress. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't like his time in Dallas and he gets cut midseason and he comes back sooner or later. <laughs> and then you know, we can get something that some resembles our old lineup, our yeah. winning lineup. But and is that a good thing? Like, if we resemble last year's lineup, is the old that lineup? The old lineup won what? 46 games. Six games? There you go. It was good then. It should be good now. It was, it won 46 yeah. games in a yeah. watered yes. down Eastern Conference. You're settling. Yeah, no, no, no. What you're doing is you're, you're assuming that the teams that are good are going to be good against us. Listen, they still bleed just like us, man. We can still have their number just like we did last year. I don't care how much more talent you have. I got, you know, guys that are going to fight. Tibbs is not um, giving them the best opportunity to play their hardest, or he's not coaching them properly to have them up for those games. But at the end of the day, they're going to fight. Um, San Antonio's a young, you know, and up-and-coming team. Those boys just had 20. Um, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, and... Derek White, both, like, they all just had 20, like, two games before that. So, you know, like, they were up for it, and they just they got caught by a team that was lose, that just lost a couple games. Like, the but, Knicks but are, the, Yeah, the difference between the Knicks and the Spurs, though, is that the Knicks have expectations to, yeah. to do, to make noise. The, everyone knows that Coach Pop is, is pretty much done. You know what I'm saying? Unless he gets another hands on another Tim Duncan – his run is over, it, it, you know, and it is what it is. I mean, we even had a good run. debate. Yeah, it was a great run. He's, he's got five chips. I mean, shit, that's a great run. But, you know, it was even a quick debate amongst amongst our chat where, you know, would you trade 
Coach Tibbs for Pop. And it was like, no, that's the same. It's the same team. It's the same kind of coach. Like, Pop, you know what I'm saying? Pop's is better. Pop is better, but Pops can he adapt. Pops can adapt. You know, he can adapt. He was the one, he was when Tim Duncan was there, they went through the low post. Mm -hmm. When they got better guards, they were like, all right, let's shoot them some threes. And then Tim Duncan adapted Mm -hmm. with that as well. So Pops can adapt with the times. Tibbs, he can't adapt with the times. I mean, you know, in the beginning of the year, they were shooting a lot of threes, and I like it, you know. And 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 then I'm like, but that's all they really did. You know what I'm saying? Like they they still don't do the things that are necessary to have a, a good offense. They they run it through a, a power forward, um, and they don't have any slashing guards. RJ is not, you know, we need a little bit more mid range action from from that those type of guys. I think they they got Burks in the wrong spot. Burks is a good good player. In fact, if we do make the playoffs, it, I think it'll be on the backs of Burke. But having him as a, a the lead guard, I think that's a mistake. Um, not playing Grimes. Grimes is a good – you know what? Reggie Bullock, that's Grimes. Grimes should probably play a lot more. And then Obi should play a lot more, which means maybe Julius should play a, a little less. I mean, I'm not saying, like, take Julius out the rotation, play him, like, 15 minutes. I'm saying, yo – Play Julius 28, 29 minutes and play Obi like 20 minutes and have him share the court like two, three minutes at a time. Why can't you do that? Him playing like five minutes per half is ridiculous. As a coach, you like you play the guy that best like deploys your strategy. And Julius, even he knows how to sell himself really, really well because like he has um Tibbs is like confidence and it sucks it yes. really does suck because as a bat as a ball player you know like that ain't it and as a coach like i know that is not it like you got to be efficient i don't care how many minutes you play or how many shots um you take as long as you're making a majority of them and helping your team and what he does is does not help his team so yeah yeah well i would actually trade rose too i would try to trade rose and promote quickly because if we don't make the playoffs, Rose is a, another year, another year gone without him getting a chip. That's good for the Knicks. It's not good for him, but it's good for the Knicks. Because Quickly <laughs> plays better with him. Obi plays better with him. Mitch plays better with him. It's a no-brainer. Well, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. So with our remaining minutes, <laughs> with our remaining minutes, Obi at the three. In our remaining minutes, we got we got some NBA conversation. Um, I had a question for you guys. So so Stephen A. Smith, all right, Stephen A. Smith with the numerous hot takes because I guess he's trying to save his show. But Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman back on. Yeah, for <laughs> real. That that's how you save it. But anyway, um, in in an effort to save whatever is left of his show, um. And shout out to him anyway, because he still got the bag, but it is what it is. Um, Stephen A said Steph Curry is more like MJ than LeBron is. Um, what do you guys think of the Steph to MJ comparison? Like, is that a real thing? <laughs> right? Is it? I mean, what do you guys think of that? It is nonsense. Uh, <laughs> Curry has one of the lowest usage rates of any superstar like in the history. 
So it's like, if the ball's not in your hands, like how are you getting, you know, what you're getting? So he is very dynamic, you know, in a sense, but like talk about being a man and literally carrying the weight. He's a game changer. Yes, but it's it's, it's different. Like LeBron has to literally do everything for his team, you know? Like MJ, um, he had the triangle, which made it a little bit easier, you know, because you got guys that fit into the spots. And like, okay, he still took yeah. a, a few plays off, but at the end of the day, when they when they needed it most, the ball is in his hands. And it's like Curry, everyone knows that they have to find him. And Draymond Green does a great job. He doesn't get enough credit of like finding him in the right spots and giving him the ball. And everyone else that has come in through the years under un, learn to understand that we we play our best when he gets his first, and then we get ours in between. And like mm-hmm. that's what um Andrew Wiggins is just finally starting to figure out on top of uh working out to be be more efficient. It's like yo, Curry gets his and then everyone else can eat easier. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mike is like, yo, if I don't do it, it's not gonna get done. You know, Pippen only averaged like 19, maybe 20 points max per game, even even when Mike wasn't playing. So it's it's totally different when you got guys like Clay Thompson and Draymond who could um, change the game, but more likely like Clay Thompson gets like 23, 24. And then those guys off the bench get like 18 a piece or so. It's not the same. <laughs> all right. So what I think Stephen A meant was, <laughs> all right, whether you like it or not, you know, I, I grew up in the Michael Jordan era and I've seen all of every second of LeBron's career, even when he was in high school, mm-hmm. LeBron is six foot nine, you know, close to 300 pounds. He's a, right. uh, He's like one of the fastest playing in the NBA, but his body is like Karl Malone. Mm-hmm. All right. But he's an ugly player. Let's be, let's be real. When he plays the game, it's not a beautiful game. Michael Jordan revolutionized the game of basketball. You know what I'm saying? He made speed and dunking cool. He mm-hmm. took competitiveness to a different degree. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, from a, from a star perspective, MJ was a star of stars. Curry. Curry is six foot three. And when I was a kid and I saw MJ, I wanted to bang it. Everybody on the playground was trying to bang it on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, in the summer, I went to the courts and everybody and their mama's shooting threes, as I told you guys, not from the three point line, <laughs> but from like half court. You know, I play, I mean, coach plays and I'll try to shoot like at least one half court shot every single uh, game. I didn't get that from LeBron. I got that from Curry. You know, what, what What Curry's doing is he's inspiring kids, just like MJ inspired kids from uh, I don't think he was talking about when Stephen A was talking. He wasn't talking about the accolades or the, the, the scoring or the championships. He was talking about culture. The way they emanate towards the populace. And Steve and, and Steph Curry is your everyday player. You know, people can't grow up to be six foot nine, 260 pounds and run a four one. But people can, could be a very skillful six two, six one, six three, and just practice dribbling and shooting and see what happens. And that's exactly what Curry is. His skill, the basketball skill, him and Kyrie have the, the, the best basketball skill I've ever seen on that type of body. And it's just revolutionized the game of basketball. When MJ came into the league, he took on a, a, a lowly company called Nike. Back in those days, it was Adidas or it was Converse. Converse, yeah. And he blew up Nike. Mm-hmm. Curry, you know, Under Armour is okay, but their sales are not as low as people may think. They're like number three. You, they're above Puma, 
I like the Curry Force. The Curry Force are pretty. It's, dope. it's not. It's not based on just basketball though. Like dude, they've been doing. Yeah. Football but but football it's, time it's not based off of basketball, but it's based it's off the perception of what yeah. they do. You know, MJ had dominance. Curry has likability, and the fact that he he revolutionized the game of basketball, man. MJ revolutionized the game of basketball, and Curry revolutionized the game of basketball. LeBron dominated the game of basketball, but I can't say he revolutionized it. And that's 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 why that's where their similarities are. Curry's better. I didn't say better. I didn't say better. I said revolutionized. Again, back to my point. When I was a kid. I was trying to bang it on you, coach. I see you on the court. I'm banging it on you. And then with D two you hands up. Because I saw up. MJ banging on you. And then D you up. And then D you up. Because but now kids are, a... kids are shooting from the opposite free throw line to make the <laughs> shot. Kids are shooting like three quarter shots. Yeah. And just you like, know, you know, you know what they the mellow balls pointing to the spot <laughs> at the half court and shooting. You know what I'm saying? Now we all, hey, listen. I'm a Michael Jordan guy, but I'm a LeBron guy too. I always say that MJ was one and and and, and LeBron is one A, you know, or one, you know, whatever. But LeBron is a very skillful player and he's been great and he's dominated, but he's mad big. You know what I'm saying? And he's not, not the relatable looking player out there. Right. You know, he's he's very good. I mean, he's he's got skills and stuff, but the skills that Curry has is just different. He's not a better player. But he revolutionized the game for the populace. People want to go to Curry games. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, it may too be, you know, the curse of competency for LeBron in that he's done such amazing things that we're kind of just used to it. And we kind of yeah. take it for granted. And I kind of dislike everybody keeps going back to Jordan. And yes, Jordan was great. He, he was the greatest of his time. But basketball is about errors, okay? And, you know, like, as great as Michael Jordan was, he would not have won without Pippen. He would not have won without Pippen. He would have not won if Phil Jackson would have honed his skills and been like, listen, you have to, you, you have to play in this triangle. This is what's going to work for the betterment of our team, okay? And, you know, LeBron has had to carry every team he's been on. Steph has won, but he hasn't had to carry. You know what I'm saying? He's had the 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 the, the he's had a Clay Thompson who guards the best players on the team. He's had a Draymond Green who runs the offense. Okay, he runs the offense. Like let's get not get it twisted. That pace and space offense is run by Draymond Green, who's yelling the whole time. Move here, cut there. You know what I'm saying? We all know this. I know you guys see it because I see it. I'm like, yo, Draymond is their point guard. Um, but I, I just dislike the whole comparison to MJ. Like, these guys have, have done their own things, man. And, and you know, like, we got to move on. You know what I'm Last saying? <laughs> culture, right? <laughs> Nobody wears curries. I'm sorry. The people buy curries, yes. The Hoopers, for sure. I don't know why. But, like, LeBron's are... That you know that other shoe. Oh yeah, 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 of course. You no, know, and then like if you. Oh, had I bought a pair of LeBrons and they're a little wide. He got wide shoes, man. Find, find, find <laughs> another pair. I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a pair of LeBrons you like more LeBrons than Curries. You yeah, find more LeBrons that you like than Curries. Uh, and you're right. 
There's more LeBron jerseys out there, man. Like to the point. Like Curry's cool. There's a couple of Curry jerseys out there, but I'm pretty sure there's still way more. <laughs> but I think they got more more love for Curry. You know, they got more love for Curry. And also, also, you can't discount Curry's wife, who's a celebrity chef. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got the all American family. He's got smile. He's always smiling. You know what I'm saying? LeBron has Bronny. Like he's probably he the- got Bronny, but he also went to Miami and was like a bad version of LeBron. He was like a WWE guy for like a year. That's a Cleveland. Unfortunately, it always it always for LeBron, unfortunately, it always turns into stuff that isn't basketball related, Crazy. which is partly part of it is his blame because he wanted to be larger than the game and you get what you asked for. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, but LeBron is a prodigy. Basketball prodigy at his fight. You know what I'm saying? Again. Yeah, like, I and, mean, and he's freak of nature. There's, and there's one other no... thing about LeBron that we don't talk about a lot is, mm-hmm. you know, this player, player movement, you mm-hmm. know, he created that. Yeah. He's, and, you know, and he also player, runs the player, player empowerment. And, I'm sorry. Player empowerment. Mm-hmm. That's a LeBron thing from mm-hmm. the get-go. He's the first and foremost person that does it. And also, you know, he he moves the league. He's been outspoken when it comes to social causes, which I appreciate. You know, he's out there in the picket lines, you know. Like, these are the some of the aspects that a lot of people don't talk about that, that we should probably talk about. And I love Michael Jordan, and it pains me to say this. I got my Michael Jordan legit jersey. But because of the social causes, that moves LeBron over MJ when you when you talk about that kind of stuff he's done a lot for the world and back when mj was playing you know republicans buy sneakers too you know what i'm yep. saying so, that's right that's right he so uh that. 1992 you know, but, but it's a different era yeah. you know it's a different era back then back then yeah it was just different and now it was now, just basketball it was, just, it was basketball. just basketball now it's more about everything it's about culture and LeBron, and lebron really opened up to that and he's the first player really in the last 20 years that owned it steve uh, uh uh curry is 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 living in it he's living the path that lebron set for him and that's why people were kind of like amenable to him he's a happy-go-lucky you know shooting threes type of guy um make no mistake, he jumped on the piggyback you know and like come on i like curry nah uh, well, he fellas, took, he took way more scrutiny. LeBron took way more scrutiny than anybody. <laughs> fellas, it was great seeing y'all again. I, I appreciate y'all taking the time out. Um, shout out to Wall Street Heck. Wall Street. Shout out to Clearview Daniel. Shout out to Big Task at Hand and Canal for showing up tonight. Um, shout out to Ed Dollars and Coach B. You know what I'm saying? Yo, man. Shout out to the MTA for getting Coach B. That's right. Here, on time, <laughs> and available. Number right. two train, always available. Jackson <laughs> Avenue. They used to be my favorite. Right? So they right? <laughs> Yo, they used to be my favorite. That's what I knew we was outside. I was like, oh, fuck, that's not full service. <laughs> Jackson Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Word. Yo, I used to be my shit. I, I used to live in East 180th. I used to say, take yeah, all the way up there. Used to be like, yo, I used to be like sleeping. And as soon as I heard Jackson, I wake right up. Oh, okay. Let me turn my phone on. <laughs> but shout out to y'all. Great show. Um, shout out to you, saying, Just Hack. No, th- yo, yo, Ed, by the way, uh, Listen to my podcast. Listen to my my just another podcast crossover tomorrow because I shouted you out. You and your daughter. Right. We were talking yes. about ninth place medals and how kids ain't really trying to hear that shit. I I talked about your daughter, how she gave me the fierce look in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yo, she looked. I looked at her like, yo, why she looking at me like that? I'm trying to um, I ain't feel comfortable. Yeah, household. <laughs> yo. Straight up, then she was like, "Yeah." Then after that, I was like, "Yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna miss a couple. Just, I gotta let this girl. I gotta let her get some. She's about to cry. Yeah, nah, she looked like she's about to fight me. She was <laughs> like, "Yo, forget crying. It's like she's about to fight me." But I loved it. But you know, definitely shout out to y'all. Great show. We appreciate y'all. Yes. Um, thanks for tuning in. Tune STK, in next baby. week. STK, where we survive the Knicks. Next- and the Knicks, do better, show. bro. I don't want to. I, I was real somber. You're messing up my whole stuff. <laughs> I care about the Knicks. Do better. Are, are we surviving the Knicks or are we surviving Coach Tips? Which one is it? I don't know. <laughs> it it got to be the Knicks because they put Coach Tips in charge. So yeah, surviving you know, Leon Rose. The yeah, Leon it's still Dolan's fault. Leave me on too, man. Get out. Surviving, <laughs> surviving Julius Randle playing point. All right, boys. Easy, y'all. Peace.